What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Transition, a show aimed at demystifying the entrepreneur experience for those of you looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of The Bunker Lab's branding team. In today's episode, I interview Air Force veteran, entrepreneur, and Bunker Lab's OG, Charlinda Scale, CEO of Mutt Sauce, an all-purpose specialty sauce company founded in memory of her late grandfather, Charlie Mutt Farrell Jr., who made the coveted recipe found in Mutt Sauce's products today. After inheriting the recipe in 2013, Charlinda decided to use her military service and business background to launch the business and distribute the sauce all across the United States. Despite the numerous accolades and awards she's received, including a 25K grant from Bob Evans and Damon John, Charlinda opens up about her struggles with imposter syndrome, the challenges of running a small business, and what often feels like a never-ending grind. Although Charlinda and I have crossed paths multiple times over the years, we never had an opportunity to have a conversation like on today's show. My hope is that Charlinda's transparency and vulnerability empower you to overcome your own challenges as you continue your entrepreneurial journey. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another edition of The Transition. Today, I have the honor and privilege of interviewing veteran entrepreneur Charlinda Scales, an OG in the Bunker Lab space, the entrepreneurial space, and uh, super excited to have her here today. What's going on, Charlinda? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Thanks for having me here. Now, it's my pleasure. How about you take a moment and uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Well, overall, I'm a country girl from the hills of Tennessee. I'm also the owner of Mutt Sauce, which sells the sauce for every meal in Dayton, Ohio. So I have a confession about Mutt Sauce, right? I use it for my breakfast tacos. Yeah. I use it for, and it was funny because I was eating tacos yesterday and I had like the last bit left, you know, like there's a pinch and she's like, is it that good? She looks at me and I just kept going and she's like, you're not even going to share it with me. And I was like, you said you were looking at me like I was crazy. I actually need some more mutt sauce, man. We're going to have to make that happen. I'll make that happen. Don't worry. But yeah, it's great for breakfast. I, I eat it on my eggs. It's my yeah. favorite. I also put it on, um, what is it? Uh, crab cakes. I like crab cakes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see your LinkedIn videos too, where you, you always have the mutt sauce and you're showing the way different people are using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You can even drink it. So if it's a Friday and you got some better known heroes vodka or something, throw it in there. Love it. And just so y'all know, I actually had the privilege of meeting Charlinda back at the Street Shares. Or was it a Street Shares Award or competition back yeah. in 2019? They have a they have a grant contest periodically, and I think we met at one of those events. Yep. I had I actually had won a 25k from Street Shares, and I met you and Curtis Riggs there, yeah. and all the other people in the system. It was a bunk burbiz. That's Bur- what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. burbiz is like networking on steroids. I tell you what, that yeah. event is it's overwhelming sometimes. I'm like, there are so many people here. Yeah, but it was great for me because I think for a lot of us in the veteran kind of entrepreneur space, it's like you have like those that are ahead of you, then you got your peer group, and then you have those that are kind of looking towards you. It's almost like your own little class system within the system. <laughs> and it's crazy to see because I've seen you on like television. I know you had to do the Bob Evans, but I had like never met you, yeah. you know, so it was cool to go down there and actually meet you in person. And then uh, we've just been connected ever since. I feel like we just move in the same circles. Yeah, it's one big family. 
So glad to have you in the family. Yeah. So as we head into this interview and learn a little bit about your story and mutt sauce, you know, one of the things I like to do on this podcast is ask all our guests to take off their armor mm -hmm. and uh, share something that they're struggling with either personally or professionally as they run their business. Okay. So this is, this is my cute. <laughs> like I got to take off my armor. All right. So this is, I, I like transparency. I, I really do. I've found some catharsis with, with being transparent about, everything that I've been through in the last seven years. Mutsaw's just turned seven years old. And yeah, thank you. What I'm dealing with right now is is unexpected, but I deal with imposter syndrome. As as real as I try to be with everyone, I still struggle with man, I am a hot mess. Wait till they find out just how much of a hot mess I am. It's all over. It's gonna be all over. Uh, when they see that I, I can be indecisive at times or the goals that I have in my head. And I, I said this like a week ago, the struggle is the checklist that you have in your head that you're judging yourself from. Nobody can see that. So that's why they pay the compliment of you're doing a great job because they don't see what you're judging yourself by. I'm judging myself by, um, a list of unfinished projects or collaborations that I have yet to do, or, you know what, my son should have had X, Y, and Z happen today. And we only got to one thing. <laughs> you know, so I, what you judge yourself by is different from what the rest of the world sees. And that imposter syndrome, it looms in my head here lately of, you know, wait, wait till they find the more transparent I am, the more of a hot mess they're going to think I, I probably am. It's funny you mentioned that. I was actually just thinking that today about the imposter syndrome. Um, but I will tell you through organizations like Bunker Labs, just being around other entrepreneurs and, you know, I have a business coach now. It's really helped me fight through that and battle that, you know, and I was thinking today, I was like, man, I'm an entrepreneur, man. I remember when I used to, that used to be hard for me to say, but like mm -hmm. I, I have literally built stuff from scratch in my apartment and monetize it. So it's like, wow, yeah. I might not be, you know, Steve Jobs yet. You know, but I know how to start something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is what are you doing to push past that? What has helped you when you feel that imposterness? We really have to take it back to the beginning. Give yourself credit for the journey. Like you said, you've built stuff from scratch. Just remember what you have accomplished and, and tell yourself that you have the ability to do it. Just take your own advice because we, you know, we do end up giving advice to other startups and other business owners. And it's okay. Even if it seemed hypocritical at the time when you're giving people advice that you're not taking the advice that you're giving, but it's still good to think back on, Hey, Shalinda, you started with a piece of paper given to you from your grandfather with no instructions whatsoever. You were not an entrepreneur. You did not sell lemonade as a kid and you still built this business while you were on active duty. So give yourself some grace and some time. You don't have to accomplish it all right now. Just accomplish one or two things and just focus on those one or two things that you can do to give yourself um, that, that, that confidence back that, okay, I am capable of doing this. I just have to not look at the whole list. I just have to piece it apart. That's great advice. And so for y'all listening right now, listen, we're going through it too. 
You got two certified entrepreneurs. Sure, Linda won. You won twenty five thousand through Bob Evans, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mentorship from Damon John. Her brand is all over the place, and she's saying she's struggling with imposter syndrome. And I'm hosting this podcast, and I'm telling you, I struggle with it too. So we're 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 amongst family, mm -hmm. and we're all in this together. So trust me out there, you're not alone in what you're dealing with. Before we get in a deeper dive into Charlinda's story, I want to give a shout out to Bunker Labs, which brought us here today. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Bunker Labs is a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transitioning service members want to start a business and they need places inside their community where they can connect with the people, resources, and support they need. We're here for you. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Be sure to also register for Bunker Online, our social network for the military connected community where Bunker Lab staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities. You can register today by clicking the connect button at bunkerlabs.org. Charlinda, when did you get connected with Bunker Labs for the first time? Uh, well, I've kind of always been connected to Bunker Labs, but it wasn't until the last couple of years. I think they let me pitch to CEO Circle and tell them my story. And this was, you know, about the time the pandemic started. And, <laughs> and I needed all the help I could get because Mutt Sauce, I, I deemed a startup. We had to start completely over. But they just poured all kinds of resources into our business in the last uh, year. Uh, I'm in the CEO circle for Consumer Packaged Goods, CPG. Uh, I'm also just accepted for Veterans in Residence Program, which starts in January. But, but they've always been there. We have a Columbus chapter here in Ohio. Columbus, Ohio has a Bunker Labs chapter. And I would go and volunteer and go to their events all the time. They had Chase for Business, I think, and that's when I got reconnected with Damon and they also had Gary V come in. But they they brought all these resources and that's why I love. They will not stop until they find the best mentorship or session for you to be in or um, some reading material, whatever they have to do to bring to you to help you get to the next level, they will do it. I've had um, people on the bunker executive team just email me and say, hey, Shalina, what do you need? Do you think that it would help if we connected you to the, the VP of Primal Kitchen? I was like, the people who just got a $250 million deal with Kraft, like, you know, like you will reach out to them. And the next thing you know, I'm on the phone with Primal Kitchen getting one on one mentorship about how to scale my my own business. And, and that's the kind of stuff that they will do. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And I'll tell you too, uh, I don't know if you can speak to this, but you know, when we're transitioning out the military, we don't really have the biggest networks. Those of us that like, I didn't get an MBA. Um, and so, you know, kind of building that network and through bunker, you know, I've got to meet amazing entrepreneurs like yourself, venture capitalists, angels, all these different spaces that I would have never have felt comfortable stepping in. And I think that's the power of the community. And it's so amazing. We can do it with other veterans who understand, you know, the transition we're going through, leaving that part of our lives behind serving in the military. Absolutely. And, and even right now, I think the CEO circle, what I love is you're, you're going in depth with your business. You're really talking about um, those uncomfortable conversations of, Hey, you know what, guys, I don't have a pitch deck. What you're, there's no, like you're six years in or you're seven years in and you might have 
different things for your business, but you're learning from people who maybe they've perfected their marketing plan, or maybe they're really good at cost projections, or um, you didn't know this, but they're doing six figures a month on their e-commerce. Well, how are you doing it? How are you doing it? I had one of my comrades in the CEO circle. We both have Shopify accounts. So we do e-commerce on Shopify. He sat with me after class for an hour and a half and opened up the back end of my my website. And he said, we're going to upgrade your whole website right now. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that. Now, I want to hear your story. Take us back. How do we become, how do you become the CEO of a consumer packaged goods company, Mutt Sauce, you know? And you just mentioned, you're like, I didn't even own a lemonade stand back in the day. So how did, how did you become an entrepreneur? Take us back. Yeah, so I was on active duty, you know, just serving my country, doing my thing. I was stationed at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, I was a program manager. That's my trade is acquisitions program management. And uh, I remember eating something and I just remember that it sucked. I, I, I was like, I can't put my finger on it, but this meal is not hitting the way it should be. And that's why I remember I said, you know, my granddad had this sauce and been in my family since 1956. So several generations of our family had ate this for every meal. And I called my mom. I said, this is not hitting and you need to help me. Uh, somebody had to have gotten this recipe. He passed right after I graduated from uh, college in 2006. And um, it was just sad. I said, he loved service, but he was also very passionate about this sauce recipe. And I just couldn't believe he left the earth without telling someone. And instead of giving me an answer, she just said, come see me. The next time you come see me, I have something for you. And when I saw her, she handed me an envelope. She said, your grandfather asked me to give you something. And it was the only copy of the recipe. And it was in his handwriting. He had written it down. He instructed that I got, I got the recipe after he passed. And I was like, well, why did you wait eight years? Because eight years had passed. So why did you wait eight years to tell me this? She said, I don't know. I have five brothers and sisters. He skipped all of his kids and two of his grandkids and gave no instructions. So I didn't know what what would happen if they learned that he just randomly gave it to his granddaughter. And I just thought the gesture itself was very humbling. So the impetus to start something was that feeling of, I have so much respect for this man. I know that he doesn't do anything without really thinking it through. And I have I have to just kind of put my put myself in his shoes and say, what would he want me to do with this? And how can I how can I manifest this recipe into something that will help the family? So the first organization I, I reached out to was SCORE. And SCORE gave me a mentor um, who told me that you can help your family better if you become a business owner. Just you need to think a little bit bigger than making a few bottles for your friends and family. Uh, you need to think about getting an LLC. So that's, you know, I'm learning from scratch. I don't know what LLC. It's all sounding like hieroglyphics to me. But I just followed the instructions, you know, one one at a time. File your LLC. Okay, go and get the domain name and your social media stuff. And so I just followed the instructions. I didn't really put too much thought into it. I didn't overthink it. I just kind of did the checklist like a like soldier and I did the checklist. And uh, I worked that in the evening. So when I was done with my duty, I would uh, work on it on the weekends once we had our first production, which was four months after I had my first meeting with SCORE. 
um, I learned co-packaging. So that was the other thing. They said, you can't, I can't do this. I can't make this in my kitchen. I don't have the time. They said, well, co-packaging is to use someone else's manufacturing capabilities to make your product. You um, agree on a price with them. They'll make your product. They'll deliver it to you in a finished product. Okay. Wow. That's great. I just pick up the boxes. Yep. That's all you got to do. And so that was, that was it. That was how I, how I was able to start on active duty was I had my first 700 bottles co-packaged by the Amish uh, out in Chillicothe, Ohio. That's a, that's great. I'll tell you, I did score too. You know, the first time I was becoming an entrepreneur, I met down, sat down with score for my first business fight in Mojo, the prerequisite to ironbound. And I remember when I sat down with them, they made me feel like what I was trying to accomplish was like not necessarily possible, but just that sense of like, you know, it didn't really make a lot of sense to him. So I'm, I felt a little discouraged at the time, but it sounds like you had a great experience uh, going through score. Yeah. I mean, it, it was good. I think it, it depends on the mentor too. It really is the mentor that makes it. And um, I, I don't know how consistent it is across score because I only worked with one person. I do know that when I have the bunker labs experience, it was very consistent across the board. Like everyone just kind of had that same mindset, but because we were all military, I think was that common ground of yep. um, never leave a, a brother behind. So I never leave a comrade behind. So uh, I, I like that. That was immediately seen when I was working with Bunker. Uh, with Score, it was the, the man was about the age of my grandfather. And I told him, you know, about my relationship with my grandfather being my father figure. And I think more than just business, he emotionally invested in, I, I need you to be successful uh, on his behalf. I will, I will work uh, on his behalf to, to make sure that you make this work. Yeah. You know, hindsight 2020 though, that was probably my first experience kind of sent down with someone, you know, where you got to have this idea and you share it with someone else yeah. and they're just giving you a little pushback and you know, you take it kind of personal. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And you're going to have that along the way, right? You're going to have times where people are going to ask you about your vision or, you know, no one, it's meant for you. So what you see, what you dream about, what gets you amped in the morning, that is meant for you. That was given to you. And it's it's hard for people outside of that who have not been given that gift and that vision to understand it. They don't understand why you would work ceaselessly and weekends and, you know, live off of coffee and <laughs> why. Right. Um, but yeah. you know, and I was going to say, too, it's like I have thick skin now, so I don't take stuff as personal. And I'm sure you're, you're there, too. We've been through it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ali, job been broke, been knocked down, you know, seven, you seven years deep. I'm about mm-hmm. three. So we're, we're moving. Yeah. I mean, you even have people in your inner circle. There's family members and friends that are they're just like, I don't understand. It wouldn't be so much easier. Wouldn't you get so much sleep? Wouldn't you be less stressed out? Like, I, why would you even put yourself through all that? Just, I was like, well, yeah, you could coast through life. Yeah, I can just, you know, work corporate for my whole life. And, you know, till I'm 65. And, and then remember that I didn't live my life. <laughs> I didn't right. do anything. I could do that easily. Um, right. But it's just. There's something about being able to make an impact with the with the company that you have that's it's almost addicting. I just I would much rather do that. 
Yeah, it's a hell of a thing building a small business from the ground up. And so to see your progress over the years, I can only imagine the journey that you've uh, that you've gone through. Ooh. And uh, one of the things I want to ask you, you know, in your story, talk to us about how you finance the first part of that business, you know, going from mm-hmm. like it was super smart, by the way, the strategy of instead of building out your whole production facility in your house, you did the contracting mm-hmm. um, thing. Um, but still, talk to us about how you were able to fund this this early process. Sure. Um, I had dreams of owning a BMW. It, that was my that was my active duty dream because I grew up on on farmland with my grandparents. Then my mom wanted to be independent, so we moved into the projects. I didn't know like I didn't know I was a project kid. Uh, till you get to school and people put you like you said, like the class system, like you, uh, you know what your address is? Let me know. Let, let me tell you how poor you are. So you grow up being told you don't have a lot. And then when you finally get on active duty and you get a steady paycheck and you can save money, my my dream was to take my money saved up until I hopefully made major and I was going to walk in a BMW lot and pay cash for that car. That was it. That was, that was my goal. So I was calculating the startup costs with my mentor and it came out to exactly what I had saved. Mm. And so I'm sitting there like I can have a BMW or I could have this business that I have no idea what's going to happen with it. It could fail. I could lose everything. People could hate it because they haven't even tried it yet. They haven't even tried the sauce yet. So uh, I just went ahead and did it. I paid for everything. I paid for the manufacturing, paid for the labels, everything that was involved in the startup. And uh, it came out to about $25,000. And, you know, that was in 2013. And what I think is the blessing is you look back on the journey in 2017, the Bob Evans check was $25,000. So everything that was manifested at that point was put back into the business. And at that point, you no longer look at the BMW the same way. I didn't care about no BMW. I didn't care about flossing. I didn't care about any of that. I really was thinking about, oh my gosh, now I have 25000 more dollars to to buy more sauce and make a bigger impact in people's lives. That was your, your joy has changed. The things that um, make you happy have, have changed. That, that growth, you know, the growth mindset you've evolved, you know, you're CEO now. So you think a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Now you started this company while you're on active duty, correct? Yes. So talk to us about balancing that and your eventual transition from active duty into the civilian world. Oh, my gosh. It was so tiring. Um, it, it, it impacted me immediately. It, it felt like I was never sleeping because when you are trying to start up a company and you're trying to do it the right way, you're going to put in some hours. So my job towards the end, you know, you would work from five in the morning, sometimes get off at seven o'clock at night, depending on if you were working for a commander or something, you, you left after the commander left. And I just, I just felt like there was no balance. And, and it helped that at the time that I started, I was single. I didn't really have anything going on. I lived by myself. So there was nothing in my, 
environment to distract me. But that's hard because I recognize there are people who are trying to start up their dream and they have families and they have loved ones and you have to communicate with them. That's the advice that I would tell you if you're trying to start something up, you better have good communication with the people who will be affected by your journey. And it's not just a, you know, I'm I'm starting this project. I, you are starting a journey. And just like if you were to decide to deploy for a year or something like that, you need them to, in your corner and you need them to understand this, the sacrifice that you're making. Because if you don't, it just makes it 10 times harder to, to execute uh, when, when you don't have them on your team. So I, you know, when I first started, I communicated with my family. I said, this is something that we have to keep locked tight. And I had learned about non-disclosure statements and, in, you know, NDAs. And they all signed it. So 30 members of my family, the living descendants of my grandfather, we all signed indefinite NDAs for the recipe. And I locked them, locked them away in a physical location because you can't patent or trademark a recipe. You have to lock it away and you have to do trade secret agreements with anybody who comes in contact with it. So that's the teamwork that had to had to happen. That was the only way I could find balance uh, in with my family understanding. And then in my day, it was just, it was just nonstop. I, I can't even sugarcoat it, Mike. It was just nonstop for two years until I finally pulled the plug and said, I'm going to go into the reserves and, uh, and then do my sauce. But that was a lesson learned too, because in the transition, I didn't do the math very well. And I don't know if anybody's ever been in this situation, but it's expensive to live outside the military. It, uh-huh. the, the bills, the, the benefits that you get as an active duty person Reach. do not underestimate that because it came down to, all right, well, you have your rent, your utilities and stuff like that, but you have operational costs with that business that for some of us, your paycheck or whatever you were getting was covering some of those. You weren't even thinking about them because you were covering them with your paycheck. But you have to think about how many bottles of mutt sauce does it take to cover the labels, the distribution, the um warehouse if you have to store it in the warehouse every single thing all of your personnel and payroll and if you're a small business owner and you're making it out of your house for example it your home is an office too so your bills at home you know you have to think about all of that and i remember when i got the the bob evans award and got to sit down with uh damon john he said two million dollars and I said, what? He said, $2 million in sales is how much it would would take to give me to replace the salary that I was making at Red Lobster as a dishwasher. Mm. He said, to cover all of the FUBU bills and give me a meager $30,000 salary. He said, can you live off of 30K? I'm like, Mm-mm. no, I can't. I can't do that. He said, all right, well. $2 million will get you about 30 K. I was like, I'm not doing $2 million in sales and months off. He's like, well, you better keep hustling. You better keep going. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about that. I mean, you've shared comments about this, especially in the third shift entrepreneur movement, this idea of like, how do you fund your business? 
You know, everybody talks about like, if you don't raise venture capital and you don't get bank loans, you know, you're funding your business. So where's that money coming from? For a lot of us, it's coming from jobs and side hustles and everything else. And, you know, the longer I've been an entrepreneur, the more I find out that like the founders don't really make that much right off the bat, especially, you know, CPG goods. So consumer packaged goods. So that was extremely hard, I'm sure. But before we get into that, though, I want to ask you this. While you were on active duty, did you have any pushback from, you know, your command or anything while balancing this mutt sauce business and, you know, serving as an officer? Because we had Stuart Scheller on here and he's a big proponent of allowing active duty service members to start businesses and he's really pushing for that. So I want to hear your your feedback. Right. I mean, I was kind of shocked at, at the frenemies that I had. Uh, right. I call them frenemies because you you would think that announcing that you you've done this, that you've started a business would be the, they would say, Oh, you know, I'm so proud of you and let us support you. Cause you're working, you're mainly just working nights and weekends, but it became, uh, I remember just one assignment I had, someone asked me, why are you, why are you doing this? Why don't you get out? I'm like, what do you mean? Why don't you get out of the military? Oh, well, one, because I love my country and I love to serve. Um, two, um, you're not a multimillionaire overnight. So they're like, well, if you put more time into it, if you get out, you put more time into it, you will. It's like, but it's not automatic. Uh, so yeah. So I found myself defending owning a company, defending, uh, whether or not I would eventually not work as hard. The perception of, Oh, well, you must not, this must not be your priority anymore. I said, well, no, actually I find myself working harder to, um, overcompensate for these crazy perceptions. So where I found myself working harder, um, some, just a couple people were just like, let me just ramp up the, the criticism. But you know, when I realize when people do that, it's not you, it's them. It's the reflection of a judgment that they've put on themselves because they can see themselves doing it. They couldn't see themselves accomplishing that goal. Um, they just couldn't see themselves in that situation or they can see themselves taking that leap of faith. So they don't think that you could successfully do it if they couldn't successfully do it. That's- yeah. I forgot what that's called, but yeah, that mirror that looks back and makes them question themselves like, damn, what am I doing with my life? You Projection. know? Projection. Yeah. Projections like, oh, I'm about to get off and go, you know, play video games in the evening. Charlinda's leaving. She's going to run her company. It's like makes you really kind of look internally. And the thing I have a pushback against is so many military personnel. Real estate is huge. People are managing properties and all Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But you want to do your side hustle business to get it off the ground. So you have something to transition into. I don't think there should be any pushback against that. So I appreciate you sharing, you know, your frenemy stories around that. Mm-hmm. Now, getting back to the finance piece, you're, you're getting ready to transition. OK, you're relying <laughs> your livelihood on your butt sauce company and you're, the, the reality of it starting to really hit you in the face. Talk to us through that transition process and what you're able to do to basically get some financial stability in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, before um, meeting with, with Damon, I had kind of crunched the numbers for myself. And I said, you know, that's when I was talking to him, I was trying to figure out, well, how much do I have to sell to be able to do this full time? Because up until this point, I've crunched the numbers and I need a job and I'm going to get a job. 
So I left active duty, yes, but I walked back on that base the very next day as a government contractor. And I was shocked because the salary that I was making as a contractor was way higher than my military salary. And being a reservist, of course, I was able to retain my medical benefits. So I was crunching the numbers of like, what do I need to stay stable as I build this business that won't be a huge, huge impact? What what year did you get off active duty? 2015. So 2015, then you had about a year. And then the Bob Evans thing that you're talking about, that was in 2017, correct? 17. And then I said, uh, at that point, I'm going to see if I can go uh, as a full-time entrepreneur. So I took a year to be a full-time entrepreneur. And let me tell you what, it, I picked a heck of a year because the very next week, and life happens, the very next week I found myself uh, going from married to separated. And uh, that was unexpected for me. And that's the lesson I'll tell people. Life happens. Stuff happens. And like, if you're not, <laughs> you need to be not only emotionally prepared, but financially prepared for life changes. Um, I was living in Washington, D.C., which is a high cost of living. And I was trying to be a, a full-time entrepreneur. Couldn't do that. Had to get a job immediately and and pull my life back together. Um, I ended up a sing, single, but with the highest lawyer bill I'd ever seen in my entire life. And just to, just to be able to move move on with my life. And then uh, I'd had to get my own apartment, so I was paying for mutt sauce back in Ohio, all the operations, my lawyer fees and stuff like that. And a one bedroom apartment in DC that was costing me $2,200 a month with no furniture in it, just the apartment. I, I, I was like, I don't even have the money for the furniture. So it was just a rough 2017 to, to, to 20, 2018, almost was just like a blur of uh, just trying to stay above water. And when you're an entrepreneur, and especially right after winning Bob Evans, I'm on this PR circuit that's, you know, two or three interviews a week. You're traveling, you're, you're you know, Bob Evans is flying you to different places for, for PR. So you couldn't show, I, at that point, I was like, I cannot show just how bad life is right now. I mean, just how low I am emotionally. And that was that was hard. It was hard to, to pick myself back up. But now, um, once I've recovered, what we hit the pandemic. So, you know, it's never going to be the same kind of challenge, but it's not your journey's not going to be without challenges. You just have to learn how to how to use that. The, the military life, all those times you had to go through different missions that were really hard and reflect back on those. That's how I do it. I do like the hierarchy of bad. Was it, <laughs> was it as bad as this one time? No, that wasn't that bad. Okay, you're going to make it. You're going to be fine. You're going to be right. Life is hard, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then we keep piling on all this entrepreneur stuff. You're like, man, what are y'all thinking? But just keep Why? chugging along. Yeah. Now, before I ask you, you know, how you're able to, again, come out of that and, you know, build your mental toughness and grit, 
you know, we keep mentioning this Bob Evans uh, award. Can you share some insight for our listeners on what that is, what that is and what you were able to uh, receive from it? Sure. So um, Bob Evans, like the man, was a veteran. He was an Army veteran and he was dedicated to making sure that that mantra of service was reflected in his company. So they started a program called Heroes of CEOs. I don't know if they still do it now. There's been three classes so far, three uh, different winners uh, since 2017. But they said they wanted to approach helping veterans in a way that was reflective of the respect of their service. So that means you just give and you give freely. Before I, the before Bob Evans, I hadn't really seen just a grant contest where you just get a grant and mentorship and that's it. Uh, they would say they would say um, maybe a bank would give you a, a low interest loan or something like that. That doesn't really help a person because all you've really given them is debt. And so they said we're just going to give you a, a check. But we're going to follow it up with mentorship because not everyone has ever had that much money. And we want you to make good decisions with the money that we give you. So that's why they brought in the CEO, the CF, the CEO and the CFO of Bob Evans in a round table with Damon John. And we all got to sit with him and say, OK, twenty five thousand dollars. What do you want to do with it? And let me tell you what I think you should do with it. And so for me, I said, well, at first, <laughs> 25K, I said, well, maybe what I'll do is uh, bring out a new flavor of mutt sauce. And so he said, whatever you do, think of what makes you money and cash flow. That's sales of sauce. So don't think of buying a $5,000 website or I'm going to put $10,000 in some stickers that can go on the box or, you know, some mailers is because people think of marketing and they think marketing is the end all be all. And that's where you should put all your money. He said, you need to put it in the things that are like cost of goods sold, that thing that you're selling, your product that you're selling. So I invest and he said, if you're going to scale up, you have to scale up to a bigger manufacturer. You need a manufacturer you can grow into. So I went with a new uh, manufacturer that was closer to me. So I'm saving on the travel distribution and they can do larger quantities. And if you want to be in a Kroger and you can't be with this midsize uh, manufacturer because they won't think that you can meet their minimums. So if they place a big purchase order, you won't be able to meet it with the manufacturer that you have. Okay. So if you go with a bigger one, even though you're a small fish in their, in, in their clientele, Kroger will see their name and say, oh, okay, she can do that. She can meet our minimums because she's with this manufacturer. And that's what happened. So as soon as I took the majority of my money and I scaled up to the bigger manufacturer, uh, I applied for Kroger and we, we got into the Ohio division. And um, that I thought that was really great. That was a, the wonderful thing about pairing a grant with the mentorship. You don't have to think about the eventual bill that's going to come from a loan and you don't put it in the wrong place. You don't put your money in the wrong place. What was that experience like meeting Damon John? Was it like overwhelming? Was it like, what was that? I almost didn't answer the phone when he called to tell me that I won because it was just a New York number I didn't recognize. I was in the middle of a federal building and 
I screamed and cried. And people were like, who the heck is she on the phone with? <laughs> and I told he was like, okay, you got to stop crying so I can tell you <laughs> the details and you win. But I don't think that he he knew like how much it meant to me to win um, not only the, the award, but the mentorship. When you've just been grinding so hard right. for years and you've left the service and you've done all that you could do and you've you you have pushed back on the naysayers and you have you know people have called you crazy you you know there's a lot you've been through and i i went to shark tank i went to shark tank in 2014 made it all the way there my dream was to pitch to damon john i said he understands being raised by a single mother he understands having nothing and and just um you know, growing up, not having a lot. And he will understand my journey. This will probably be the easiest pitch ever. I get there all the way to Hollywood and they're like, okay, you're pitching to the Sharks. Um, the only one that's not here today is Damon. Uh. And so you're sitting there like, I, I missed out on my chance. And he's telling me, you're going to get a one-on-one with me. And I said, I, I, I tried to fight through 35,000 people just to get five minutes. And they're telling me I get a whole day. That, I mean, you just, he didn't know that. He didn't know that I had been through that to get wow. that moment. So when uh, the moment arrived and I was in New York, it was an empty room with two chairs. And they just said, just sit down next to him. So I sat down. Of course, you're like nervous. And uh, he said, so what do you want to know? And I'm just looking at him like, dude, you have no idea. I don't even, I really struggled. I struggled because he just, just left it open, like, ask me anything. And I, I managed to ask him a few pointed questions. We did talk about the cost of goods sold and stuff. But he said, you have something here. Your grandfather has given you. He trusted you with something. And I'm, I'm telling you, don't stop. Just you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And to hear, you know, he's not the type of mentor that that coddles you and, and tells you every step of the way. He he gave me that advice and he kind of steps back and sees what you do. And that's that's been my uh, quote unquote relationship since then is he'll check in randomly. How you doing? need anything you got this all right disappears <laughs> so i had no idea you had done shark tank too back in so you did shark tank in 2014 mm -hmm. got rejected got rejected up there in front of the sharks they were asking all them questions about how much equity and all that kind of stuff and you're just like probably got just a lot right I and then this is for six months mm. six months so what do i know right <laughs> What do I know? I'm just happy to be there. I really was just happy to be there. Um, I had studied, but I knew if I was a shark playing devil's advocate, this is supposed to be the sauce for every meal that you can make sales all year round. I can say that from a family standpoint of we we eat this all year round. We have it all the time. But as a business, I don't have a year's worth of data to back it up. Right. To show sales, to show how this investment is going to get its, you know, 10x return, et cetera. Right. So I didn't have that. And I, I it was like they could tell 
as they're interviewing me, something she's she's not quite confident in what she's telling me numbers, but she's not quite confident in these numbers. And that's when I said, well, you have anything else going on? The other thing was I was active duty. I was the first active duty Air Force person to go on Shark Tank. They've had tons of reservists, but I had to get special clearance from the United States Air Force to be there while I was on active duty. And so you, hmm? you really have been through the trenches, you know, starting the business up Shark Tank. I mean, you're doing the stuff people have dreamed of. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And I think that um, like now talking to, to Damon about he had a book come out this past um, March called Power Shift. I was shocked that my name was in it. The story of Mutt Sauce is in his book. But what he starts out with was how many people would go all the way to Shark Tank, get rejected by all five sharks, and then enthusiastically keep going. Because most people, your goal is Shark Tank. I mean, you ever talk to people, oh, you got a business plan? You need to go on Shark Tank. Like that is the top of the hill goal is to be on Shark Tank. And for me, it was it, it was bigger than that. It really transcended that. And Uh, I just took it as a learning. Uh, It's you learn something, even in rejection, there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity to learn. There's an opportunity to grow. Uh, How you, how you manifest rock bottom is up to you. So then, you know, even that experience from shark tank, you win Bob Evans, you got 25 K in the bank, you get this deal with, what was it? Um, What was the company? Kroger. Kroger. Right. So you're on top of the world, but secretly, you're like beat up inside, you know, you, you know, finances, managing a business, all this kind of stuff. Talk to us about how you're able to kind of pull out of that. And then we want to hear about where, you know, mutt sauce is at today. Well, you, you have to, you have to let go of, of pride because that's something that entrepreneurs, we deal with a lot, especially if we have built it up ourselves as solo entrepreneurs, you put a lot into it. It's hard to, to, um, take off your armor and let people see that you are at the worst point in your life, or maybe you're not doing everything uh, well or as well as you could have and just say, I need help. What helped me was I had hired, I had hired this woman in a regional position, just look over the Ohio account, look over things in Ohio, check on the stores and some of my clients for me while I'm in DC. So I was paying her, um, and and she said, I don't think you're doing well. And it was the first time I'd had someone in my working with me that was super just honest. She was just, let's cut through the BS. And I'm going to tell you when you're not doing a good job. I'm going to tell you when I think you're not focused. And it was hard to have someone like that, that, that I'm paying you and you're telling me all this stuff that I need to get it together. and. I started to really appreciate that. I started to really appreciate someone who had helped help me get out of this tunnel vision. And she called me while I was in that apartment in DC and she said, I'm coming to get you. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I have called your job and I've told them because I was I was working um, at the Federal Aviation Administration. I called them and I told your your boss that you are you're the world's greatest actress right now and that you're not in a good place. And 
she's probably going to talk to you tomorrow and talk to her about your options. But I told her, I said, I'm thinking of coming to get you. I even, she even called my mother. She said, I'm getting a U-Haul and uh, we're going to pack up your, your clothes and throw them in there and you're going to come to Ohio. I had friends and family, I had friends in Ohio. Uh, and, and it really was kind of like an intervention that she did. And at the time I'd had a foot surgery. And that was another thing. I had had a scheduled foot surgery for that February and probably the worst timing to have something like surgery when you're living in an apartment on your own, but I went ahead and had it. So I'm hobbling around depressed and faking, faking my way, faking my way through everything. Uh, she showed up. I quit my job. My my boss enthusiastically was like, get out. <laughs> when she, I don't know what the conversation was that she had with her, but she said, you need to do this. You need to go back to Ohio uh, and, and you're going to make it. And so uh, she drove the 10 hours uh, in the U-Haul all the way back. And I told her, I don't even have a place to live. She's like, oh, I got that covered. You're going to live with me. I was like, I'm paying, you're on my payroll. She said, you're going to live with me. I already, already got the room ready. We stuck, They stuck all my stuff in storage. Took one little suitcase. I lived with my assistant for two weeks uh, while I got back on my feet, got my own place. And that's how I made it. Uh, people in your, there will be people who will come into your life. They're supposed to be there. They're not supposed to be there for forever. Maybe they're supposed to be there for a season. But if you let your pride and ego and I can do this all by myself get in the way, it'll be a long, hard road uh, unless you just open up and, and be vulnerable and let people that are there to help you, let them help you. I appreciate you sharing that. And that's one of the reasons we do this podcast, you know, let people know the real stories of what it takes to do stuff. And I've been there, I've been down on the ground in my apartment, you know, damn near dry heaving in the toilet because of anxiety and everything else. And so, you know, to have support network to kind of pull you out of that, man, that's so powerful. And, uh, you know, you're going through all that. And then what happens, you know, a year later, COVID-19 hits, you know, bottles, manufacturing, all kind of stuff starts to get, you know, um, disrupted. Yeah. And yet here we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This has been, this has been, I think the it's bittersweet of course, because of COVID. But for business, this has been the the most stress-free, not stress-free, but on my scale of, of bad things that have happened, it's been great for my family. Uh, I, I did decide that I wanted to be a mother. You know, I uh, am pushing 40 and never had kids. And it was just something that I wanted to do. It's just the intersection of science and faith. Next thing I know, I'm pregnant. And I had a lot of plans for 2020 of travel and doing trade shows and having them on my hip, selling mutt sauce outside. But, you know, this COVID environment made me have to pivot uh, to e-commerce whenever a lot of my mentors were saying, you need to go to e-commerce last year. I was like, nobody's going to be buying online. Who's going to buy online? Who would buy sauce online? And just being being stubborn. So now, you know, you look at your calendar and your phone is pinging because everyone's canceling everything from May to September. All of your revenue is gone and you absolutely have to pivot to e-commerce or you're not going to survive. And we were able to do, 
when I calculated how much we would have made at our festivals between May and September, we had already made that amount by June. And so e-commerce has worked out well for you. E-commerce has worked out well because as soon as I did that, I also joined that CEO circle. So the Bunker Labs mentorship combined with changing my business model uh, and the peer mentorship that I've gotten has, has made a big difference. And the fact that we're able to stay home and I have saved money from not traveling. I used to live in a hotel, traveling to all these events and, you know, bourbons and all these things are fun, but you have to, you have to budget for those things. You have to budget for all the travel. And then, so for me, I've been able to financially recover. I've able, been able to spend time with my son more than I know I probably would have in the pre-COVID environment. And I've just been less stressed out. So I'm giving you a virtual high five over here. We're high fiving y'all. Y'all can't oh. see because that's a lot to deal with in the midst of a pandemic, pivoting to virtual, uh, being a new mother. But yet here we are and still in the fight. And the thing I like about your story, Charlinda, is over the course of those seven years, even though you've been up against it, still keeping that dream alive, still keeping the vision and uh, growing mutt sauce. Um, and it was great to see it in the Bunker Lab marketplace. You know, so all of us, you know, all people get, get exposed to a wider audience. Yeah. Talk to us about the future. Where you, what's your future plans post-COVID and uh, where do you see Mutt Sauce headed? Right. So I don't know how long it will take for us to recover. I, I know there's a lot of talk of it will take about a year. So I, I like the business model now. I think my customers are used to um, going online, although I'm still pursuing uh, some grocery accounts. I've been able to pitch to a couple of retailers. And um, so what it's looking like is we're going to try to expand with a couple of grocery grocery lines. Uh, I'm also trying to expand on e-commerce by offering different products. So we brought back for Christmas. You can go online and get the bourbon one right now. You can also get the gluten-free, which we normally would only do once a year. But now we've been able to do it twice a year just because there's been more um, sales online. So um, the gluten-free is available, the bourbon is available, and I'm finally able to respond to the demand for spices. And so we have spices coming out in the new year after seven years of requests. But I just want people to know that my spice line has three flavors, but the flavors are ones that are complementary to mutt sauce. And this was my way of giving you a new flavor of mutt sauce without having to do the manufacturing of 2,000 bottles of mutt sauce. You can just take the mutt sauce that you already have and add these spices to it and get you a different flavor. I will, um, I will say that people ask for something hotter. We're delivering on a hotter. People have asked for um, some of our other limited edition flavors that we did a couple of years ago. Instead of giving you the bottles, we're going to give you the spice blends and then you can make your own. So, Love it. So you're making spices to complement mutt sauce, staying true to your core. Um, yeah. And that's really innovative. I really like that approach. Before I let you go, I got two quick questions for you for our audience. Number one, you got any good book recommendations or podcasts you recommend they listen to? Hmm. 
Well, you know, I have to say I've been a little insulated here lately in mom life, Uh, but I do tune in every week to the Power Talk. So Damon has a weekly uh, Instagram interview that he does called Power Talks, and he's pulling people in from every industry and, and talking to them about how can you give us some tips going forward that are very relevant to where you're at with uh, this COVID environment. So everyone um, that I've listened to so far has really helped me go into my business and tactically make improvements, whether it was social media marketing or content batching. Uh, Another thing that I resisted doing, but I, I eventually did was TikTok. So you know, this whole thing about TikTok is it's uh, it'll suck up your life if you let it. But I've gotten some of my best business tips from TikTok this year. Uh, people who are industry experts and they can give you tips in 60 seconds. So it's 60 seconds that you have to make a video. But if you search for business hashtags, whether it's a um, small business owner or I, I follow the packaging, packaging and design hashtag or social media marketing hashtags. So if you look at the hashtags that are related to small business, people are giving you just behind the scenes. Let me show you how I package my stuff for for e-commerce so that nothing breaks. There's a guy on there who packages up different items just to show you the most efficient way to send them in the mail. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard how-to videos are doing really well on TikTok. Yeah, um, we'll see some how to videos of uh, how to use mutt sauce in uh, different recipes. Right. So I set up the cooking with mutt sauce. You can follow if you want. I haven't loaded my videos, but it's cooking with mutt sauce. So all the short videos that we do on Instagram, I'm just going to start loading them to TikTok. And especially when the spices come out, because you're going to need to know all the different ways you can cook with that. Awesome. And my last question before I let you go. You got our listeners. They've been following us for about an hour now, going deep and personable and sharing some insights into what it's like to run butt sauce behind the scenes. What final remarks or words of encouragement do you have to the entrepreneurs that are listening right now? I think most relevant to my journey is you don't have to feel qualified to be qualified. A lot of times we feel like, um, you know, we don't have the MBA or we don't have the background or we didn't sell lemonade as a kid or you know, we just in general didn't have the resources that maybe other people did to start our business. It doesn't mean you're not qualified for this journey. You're on it because you're supposed to be on this journey and you will be successful if you just remind yourself of why you're doing it. You know, I, I want to build a legacy for my family. I want to leave something behind for my son uh, that he can say, uh, this is this is part of our family history. This is not just something mom did. This is something that belongs to our entire family. And for him to be able to have that. And that's what keeps me going. So you can do that too. Charlinda, thanks for getting intimate with us, you know, sharing some personal insights. And, uh, you know, I know it was uh, it's a fast Monday, man, but I really appreciate you sitting down with me in the audience today. Where can people follow you at? Sure. So at Charlinda Jean, C-H-A-R-L-Y-N-D-A-J-E-A-N are my personal accounts. You can follow at Mutt Sauce on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And my, my handles are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And don't be afraid to give a shameless plug for Mutt Sauce. Where can they go purchase? MuttSauce.com. I'm telling you, I put it on my uh, breakfast tacos every chance I get. I highly encourage you to do it. Also need the listeners to do us a favor. Be sure to subscribe to The Transition on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select a city nearest to you, sign up for the local local newsletter, and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, be sure to get connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn more about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Charlinda, thanks again for being us. Thanks again for being with us today. And to everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.